Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon OnlyFans. Uh, We just started an OnlyFans and Natasha uh, will be providing exclusive content on there. I still don't understand if OnlyFans is is good or bad or what it really is. What do you mean good or bad? Like... When someone says, oh, are they on, are you on OnlyFans? Is that like a dig? I mean. Or it, is it like something to aspire to? <laughs> I think that it's much like being on YouTube in that you can be on it if you want. I see. If you find a uh, hairbrush that you want to stick in your butt, mm. you mm. too could make a quarterly earnings of a, upwards of $2,500. Hopefully that's what's coming up in the algorithm when my daughter is like, give me your phone. Well, and I put kids youtube on for her but still it connects to this weird cosplay like oh, people, she, people she did like, something so disturbing the other day yeah that really what were you gonna sucked. say people uh are like bathing dolls like adults are bathing dolls but pretending they're the dolls voices and it's like really low production value all round but that's what she wants to watch. And so uh, I don't want to give her my phone anymore, I guess. Yeah, she did something very disturbing the other day. You can only imagine if you're a listener to this podcast how upset it made Natasha. It actually made me a little bit upset, too. She made a video and she started it with, hey, guys. No, uh, she said. She's five years old. There are no guys. No, no, no. She was like, <clears throat> we were at a hotel. We were in Palm Springs. We are on a little vacation. She's like, mom, record me. So I. I was, I was like, okay. I thought maybe she wanted to give you a video, Mosh. And then she's like, hey, guys, check out my karate moves and my dance moves. Right, hey, guys. And make sure to check out. And then, then she goes, peace. And then she kept talking. No, the worst part. She, the worst. <laughs> wait, but then she said, and then check out my website for uh, yes. more of me. Yes, check out my website for more of me. What the fuck is happening? Oh, and then she said, peace out. I know. And then I looked <clears throat> up her website. <laughs> 
No, I did to find out. I went to AdolfCasher.com, and that's another big reveal. Uh, our child's name is Adolf. I know a lot of people have been wondering. It's Adolf. I went to AdolfCasher.com. It's all footage of our child doing karate, and it's very impressive demonstration. Okay, listen. I have an idea. I already figured out the answer, which is no internet, no, no YouTube. Oh. All you can do is give them either... Uh, curated movies mm-hmm. or or TV that's like on a device or on your Whoop. TV or your iPad, I guess. But TV would be best because they won't say the hey guys if they're not on YouTube. She fucking that said hey YouTube. guys. She's five years old. She's already hey guysing. You know how quick, how soon she's going to be like peace out dabbing. Like dabbing is next. Also, she thinks what she's doing is like really good, and she's like literally dabbing, spinning around saying, "Check out more of me." Dabbing comes next. Then is an unboxing, and then before we know it, she's fourteen and she has an OnlyFans. And I don't want to live in that world. Now, speaking of the algorithm, I know that you're a technophobe and don't like the internet, but uh, the internet also provides really cool stuff. Now, this is what uh, this is. I, I just want. The, our listeners to check out these cool new shoes that I got sent by this company called Vibot, V-I-B-A, Finish Shoes. It's the most comfortable pair of shoes I've ever worn in my life. I feel like an elf. Tell, I feel, tell them what you have to do, though, before you put them on. What do you mean? The shoes came no, with foot cream. They, no, they can't. No, listen. What do you mean what I have to do? How dare you? First of all, they it came with foot cream because this fucking Finnish lady and Finns are superior, right? They're just like they're living. They're the happiest people on earth. She sent me a, a, a vial of, their, of, of shoe company made foot cream. And she says, she says, I, actually, I'm going to read it to you because it was so Finnish. It, it, it inspired me. Okay. It just made me feel so like jealous that I'm not Finnish. I wish I was Finnish, but I don't think there's a lot of Finnish Jews. Um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong about that. But she sent me the foot cream and she said, she said, don't forget to put on the foot cream because remember... When your feet feel good, so does the rest of your body. I mean, the fins are living in a different reality. When your feet, and I put the cream on, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, che- guys. Check out more of my only fans. For- here. If you want to see more foot cream videos, check out my website. <laughs> I put the fucking foot cream on, and I put my socks on, and I put these beautiful Viba shoes on. And I thought to myself, you know, if I did more things like this in my life, like putting foot cream on. It's called wellness, baby. My life would be better. So anyway, this is just a little shout out to the good people at Viva. Check these little Finnish ass, elf ass shoes. These are fucking, I'm I'm loving these right now. And uh, Natasha, you've done something really, speaking of Finnish people, really horrible uh, in the last week. What? Which is introduce our child to Easter. Oh my God. Yeah, she came home with 900 Easter eggs. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, this we're celebrating a holiday already. It's cracker themed. And when you, the problem is, Natasha. They've turned it into Christmas. The problem is when you introduce a child to, it's the same problem with Christmas. When you introduce a Jew child to Easter, they are immediately struck with the obvious superiority of the Gentile holiday. Easter is so much more fun than Pass- Passover. is about oppression and thinking about people's freedom. And, and they hide a cracker. Hiding a cracker. And the kids are supposed to get all excited. Yeah. And then Easter comes along. It's like, hey, we've got a... Hey, guys, we have a talking bunny that's got fucking eggs that it shits out filled with chocolate and nougat. Well, who? what would you celebrate? Obviously Easter. Now, they don't mention the fact that it's all a, you know an elaborate cave-based zombie cosplay holiday but that's that's immaterial because by the time they get them into the little weird basket with grass in it and chocolate shit eggs they're already in and then they introduce the zombie 
and people actually we do have zombies a little bit in Passover too. Uh, there's violence. There's fun violence in in Passover. I did watch the Prince of Egypt with my child, and she liked it. Hey guys. Okay, well, uh, we went to the Easter this Easter egg hunt because my friends were going. My friend Sabrina and her kid. So we were like, oh, we'll meet there, and they can do this egg hunt. Um, but when it was finally time for the egg hunt, this. 60-year-old woman started taking all the eggs from the kids. Right. She was like knocking the kids over, huh? She was knocking them over. Like our kids swiped one right underneath. And I was like, who is she fighting with for that egg with? And it was that 60-year-old woman. And didn't you told me that the staff. Oh, so here's what I did. So I, I kind of went full Karen because there wasn't that much time. And I went up to the girl and I said, excuse me, that woman's taking all the eggs from the kids, <laughs> which was weird because basically she had two kids there. She sent them both out with big bags. And then she had two bags and she was just like, it was like she was planning on reselling them or something. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it was just weird. So I went up to the woman at the front and I said, um, that, that six year old woman is taking all the eggs from the kids. Sure. And she was like, oh, and then she went and told her something and the woman nodded. I didn't hear what they said. And then the woman just kept doing it. She, yeah, the woman said to the staff like, oh, I got you. No problem at all. And then just kept it knocking It was very bizarre. Over. Hey, that's why you celebrate Passover. I, but thank you for being open to her coming home with I'm not uh, open. 65 plastic eggs. With I'm closed. A, you know. I, I ain't open. What did she have? Like a... a Floating croissant, a croissant pool toy. I don't she know. She had it's a like croissant. I mean, it, the, beautiful the, jewels came the, in those eggs. The, actually, I don't the, know what. What is that woman? I mean, there were a lot of trinkets. I, that woman, I bet, is gonna go resell them. I went through every egg with her yesterday, uh, just to make sure that there was no like Bible verses or indoctrination happening in there. Just kidding. A lot we of like Easter bunny scrunchies. There was stuff in there that was so, the stuff in these eggs is so low quality. I cannot believe that that there's a factory somewhere that manufactures it. <laughs> You, you she was trying to get a wig on this like itty bitty plastic doll and it was just like the whole thing was busted. Hey, while you were away in what Palm trash. Springs, uh, while you were away in Palm Springs, uh, I had a dear friend come over. Um, uh, his name is Erico and he's an old friend from Oakland and he's actually the vice principal at the high school, the, the last high school I went to uh, before I finally Dropped out completely and got my high school equivalency test. Anyway, that's immaterial. He's like a mindfulness meditation coach. And we were talking about, um, you know how we've talked on this podcast a lot about like my reactivity and how I'm always screaming at restaurants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he said that, that, that mindfulness meditation is how he, oh, because he was telling me a story about how a former student punched him in the face. And I know this guy and he's, he, he has a, uh, he used to be a fighter. And so I go, did you get mad? I mean, were you like triggered? Were you like, did you want to beat the kid up? And he goes, no. Like, cause he's the principal. He's the principal. So he can't, but also he's like from Oakland and used to be a fighter. Down and so clown. he's down a clown. He's down with the underground. And, um, he said, no. And he said, because of this mindfulness meditation. And so I said, really like that helps. And he said, yeah. Like he get, he said, told me this quote. He, we were talking a lot about um, reactivity. And he said, um, there's this quote from Viktor Frankl who wrote man's search for meaning. Have you ever read that? Mm -hmm. it's, oh no, I listened to it. It's so good. But anyway, uh, the space between stimulus and reaction is, is freedom. And I it really struck me. And so we did a mindfulness meditation um, workshop together. He like did his slot. He has like a PowerPoint that he does. How much did you have to give him? He's my old friend. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, he made me suck his dick a little bit. But I was going to do that anyway. You were out of town. And when the cat's away. So what's your takeaway, Mosh? 
My takeaway is that for a long time, I've had this issue and it's gotten, you know, it's like I've had this issue with reactivity and it's gotten better because I've gotten more conscious of it, but it's gotten better by inches and centimeters, not by feet and miles, right? And I'm like, I keep just waiting for like it to become better. And I'm aware, as we've talked about on this podcast before, that like there's a there's a 10% possibility that that's how I die, right? <laughs> Like there is, there's like a 10% possibility. I pop off to the wrong person. They brain me with a wrench that they have in their truck and I'm fucking like seizing out on La Brea and you know, and so I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Like I want to be a person who like reacts with calm. I want to be a person who when a, a, a 17 year old recent graduate from an Oakland high school punches me in the face, I go, oh, isn't that interesting? I asked him, I go, what did you think when he punched you? He goes, I thought, huh, my sunglasses fell. And that was like, that sounds like amazing. So anyway, I keep waiting for just like organically myself to change as I age or something like that. Having the kid has helped a little bit, but not enough. And so now I have decided because my friend inspired me to take some proactive action in the form of um, this mindfulness meditation. All you need, Moshe, is not mindful meditation. You just need to picture yourself in jail. But that's not true, honey, because that, I just think of that and then I just don't react. You're just wrong because that is that thought, even though that's a, a, a maybe not the most positive thought to keep you away from conflict, but maybe effective. That thought occurs in the space between stimulus and reaction. And that's the thing I don't have. I don't have any oh, thought. Oh, you don't have any space. I don't have any space. Ah, I don't have any time to go, wait, why? I don't care that a person yelled at me about getting in the TSA pre-check line when he was waiting in line. Why do I care? I'll just get behind the guy and go, sorry. I don't have that extra second mm -hmm. to have that thought because I'm already in, in like limbic reaction mode. So Meditation will help grow that space. Yes. You're planting I hope. meditation I don't know. plants the seeds. Well, I was doing the for that space. I was doing the meditation and I was thinking to myself, I don't understand how this applies. What closing your eyes and focusing on your breath for 7 minutes? Well, how does that give you the space when you're at the fucking LAX and there's a, you know, a a, a union grip screaming at you? Like, but then I I was I was like I don't get it exactly. But today because I was up really late last night. I went to bed at 2.43 a.m. because we were at um, a, a, an amazing party at Guy Branham, a friend of the pod, and John Lovett, friend of the pod, had a, a really cool Passover party that didn't end until midnight, and that was super fun. But then I came home, and of course, you know, the fights were on last night, so I had to watch them fights. So at 2.43 in the morning, I'm going to bed, and then at about 8, you were like, you got to get up, 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 up. Right, me? Uh huh. Eight in the morning? Oh yeah, and that wasn't me. It was you. It was you. It was my wife. Anyway, here's what I'm is what I'm saying. I gave you till nine. I thought. I, I know. I was gonna. I felt a reaction coming, and then I thought back to the breathing thing. Oh right, because yes, and now I remember this because we were both kind of like ignoring that our daughter wanted to get up and we were both trying to sleep in till 8 a.m. on Sunday. So I think that the secret is not that 
the meditation trains you to be focusing on breath so that later Mm. when you're in a moment where you feel like reactive or something. I mean, I don't know, by the way, I've done literally one session of this, (laughs) so I have no idea if this will be effective. But the point is, even after one session from what my friend was telling me about, I was like, he's one of the slides was like asking yourself, where am I? Where is my breathing? Mm. And so when I felt myself this morning getting reactive, I thought, where's my breathing? Maybe I'll calm down. And then I, I, I failed. But the point is, I think maybe there is hope on the horizon. Hey, guys. Well, I had, <laughs> hey, guys. I had a great time hanging out at Guy Branham's Seder and also John Lovett. And um, it was really fun. But I just did have one question. Yeah. Do you think it is too late to start saying slay? Is that connected to the Seder? Or? Well, I just heard people saying it last night and I was like, oh, I wish I would have started saying that. You wish you would because have adopted it earlier. I don't usually like slang, but mm-hmm. I think there's some slang that I think I could really work into my I, vocabulary. I think maybe... But is it too late? I think maybe you missed the meaning of the word slay last night. What do you mean? You thought everybody was like slay queen, but I think they were saying the angel of death slayed <laughs> the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. And in that way, I just like the idea it is of- not too late because it is mandated for us to remember the story. You could say slay, honey. Go ahead. Here's the thing about slang, especially slang that you're too old for. Um, you're always, always able to do it on stage because there's nothing funnier than um, a Gen X person using Gen Z slang ironically on stage. Everybody likes it. I suggest it. It works 100% of the time. Speaking of being on stage, Natasha and I are coming to Polaris Hall. I know some people wrote in to Laura. Laura called me, toxic producer Laura called me, and I'm talking literally crying because of the the toxic uh, messages she received. Now, normally you would think a toxic person receiving toxic messaging, it would actually embolden her and make her feel good. But she was weeping because of the abuse because we announced the show without the ticket link being live. Okay, you know what? Guess what? Guess what, motherfuckers? The ticket link is live today. Today is the day that you can get those tickets. Okay, Polaris Hall. Go to the Polaris Hall website and you can get tickets to see Natasha and I live. We're going to be fresh off of a 10-day camping trip. Uh, Special guest Nick Thune, friend of the pod. I'm excited for Nick's um, outfit. Whatever he's going to wear. He always has something. Hey, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> He's always got something good. That's a it, He does. He, Wait, is Hey Guys going to be like LOL? I love Hey Guys. I mean, I hate Hey Guys. When she said Hey Guys, I did like cr- crumble inside. There was a part of me that was like, "Oh, it's I if she's in the she's on the I, conveyor belt of internet culture and there's no getting her off." Wait, and she doesn't even watch that much. I have an idea. What if we just decide now to never show her YouTube again? She'll forget that she'll forget about Hey Guys. Okay. Forget if about we hey just guys. stop now. I think that's a good idea. Let's just stop now. No more hey guys. And then you can just have her watch TV N- on a couch N- or an iPad and learning stuff on iPad. Natasha it's was curated. Natasha was so traumatized by hey guys that this morning, <laughs> I, you know, I went to bed, like I said, three in the morning. Natasha went to bed extensively earlier than me, but that's immaterial. It's just a little passive aggressive swipe here. And I don't Passive know what, aggressive. I went to bed at 1230 and I woke up at 730 with a five-year-old. Uh, so anyway, our child came in and was like, I want to get up. I want to get up. And I was so tired that I go. And Natasha was pretending to be asleep the whole time while I was negotiating with our child. And I was like, can you just go, go do another thing? And then finally, she's. I, I go, Natasha's pretending she's sleeping. 
And I thought she was no, I'm sleeping. Trying I to thought sleep. she was sleeping. And then I go, can I, okay, I'll give you my phone and you can watch TV. Natasha sprung out of bed into a prone position <laughs> with such quickness. She's like, okay, I'll do it. And she jumped out. Like it was like a Jim Cotta move. Do you remember Jim Cotta? Uh, cause, cause I watched Hey Guys three times last night. Hey and Guys so, like, got I'm, you up. <laughs> so I'm like, <clears throat> when you were about to give her your phone, I forgot that you were just going to give her like a Disney app or something. I got scared. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. So anyway, maybe hey guys is effective. But we have to really nip it. Like you can it it, nip it in the guys. It's exponential. So Mm -hmm. if you show her one hey guys, it could be like ten are coming. I don't know if you're gonna like this, Natasha, but I did show our child the interface for chat GPT the other day. I said if you ever need any advice, uh life advice and I'm not around, just ask chat GPT. And I don't know if this is related, but the other day I was putting her to bed and she said, kill them all. Kill the humans. They, they must die and the robots will take over. Is that something? All right. Well, listen, it doesn't sound that far off, but Moshe, you know, we've been talking for a really long time and I think it's I think this time was a nice, a nice intro. To talk to some other people besides each other. Let's do it. With some other guys. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Have you ever wished that you could collect a million memories about the people that you love most in the world? No, but my mother does. Well, this is a perfect gift. No, I actually have, actually. (laughs) For your mother. It's called StoryWorth, and it's an online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. You know, having a kid, it really changes you. Uh, Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a thought-provoking question of your your choice. From a vast pool of possible options, each unique prompt asked, asks questions you've never thought of, like what's some of the best advice your mother ever gave you? Or if you were to do it all over, what would you do differently? I mean, it's such a nice way to spark conversation with your Absolutely. family and deepen relationships. I mean, the problem with family relationships, even with your mom, is that sometimes they stay on the surface and it just takes one little thing, like StoryWorth, to get beneath the surface and get to know your mom even After a year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and the stories, including some photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. Give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift you'll both cherish for years. StoryWorth. This is like the perfect Mother's Day gift. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash honeymoon. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash honeymoon to save ten dollars on your first purchase if you're not sure what you're going to get your mom this mother's day how about something that will actually be meaningful and something that you can cherish together for years to come i'm gonna do it too storyworth.com slash honeymoon okay so we are gonna call jody in dallas this is gonna be fun i can tell Jody's got good energy. I can feel her. My mindfulness meditation is teaching me how to connect to people before I even see them or talk to them. I know Jody's going to be special. If you're ever wondering what male energy is, it's taking three minute a three minute mindfulness meditation class and then explaining it all, how great it is. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to talk about on this fucking podcast every week, and I thought perhaps a spiritual exercise would be a good topic. Uh, hey, as long as you keep doing it, it sounds good for you. Jody, <clears throat> hey guys, how are you? Hi. What's happening? Hello. How's Dallas? It's really cool. Here. Are you an open carrier? 
Do you do open carry? No. Wait, you open should. carry gun? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah it's Texas, That's what baby. it's called? That's Texas, baby. You Wait, you can just walk yeah. around with a gun and yeah, you like walk on around a holster? Like, you, more. You, you can, can walk do around with a sword. You can walk around with a Wait, gun. Wait, you can, you can do a sword? Is that true? <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> Honestly, I would be okay with open carry if it was only swords. I would like support that. What if the Second Amendment was about sword play specifically? A well-regulated militia of knights. I love it. Um, Jody, what's happening? How can we help? What's going on? Okay, so I figured I would ask you guys for advice about this because you're both parents and I assume, well, I think you have a nanny. I'm a nanny Mm -hmm. and I have been working for the same family for about six years. Their child is eight. I started when she was two and my sister was actually her nanny before me. So I've known her her whole life. Um, So my question is mostly about how do I quit this very emotionally involved job when I've spent kind of the last six years trying to support her um, emotional sensitivity, despite having very, I would say, cruel parents. Um, Tell me three things that are two things that the parents do that are cruel that you've witnessed. So let me think when she was three, she came home from school and lied about why her clothes were dirty. So her parents gave her the option to like, get spanked like with a ruler or have hot sauce put on her tongue what the fuck and so they believe in punishment yeah so like what they would do obviously she would choose hot sauce because she doesn't (laughs) want to get hit but then she would like spit on the floor and then they would tape like a photo of sriracha to the foot of her bed so that she would like remember like (laughs) oh my god you actually don't need to give us another example (laughs) <laughs> Jody, that is like fucking insane. nightmarish. So, can you imagine like, your punishment implement being like at the foot of your bed? So you wake up with the looming I mean, threat. It's like on her crib. It's, so, it's so dude. Sad. That's crazy. And how old was was the child at that age? She was three at that time. Wow. She was three years three. old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think they're like borderline abusive? Yeah, I mean, I would say there's abuse going on. And like, even lately, she's talked to me and she's like, I think some people would call that abuse. Who, like the child or the, yeah. or the mom? Yeah, the child. <sighs> like her and I, she and I have a very close relationship. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, they would tell her that they were co-parented her with her on Amazon. Yeah, like they say they're going to buy a new version of her on Amazon and they're going to send her away. And like this new version of her is going to be happy. Like they'll show her a photo of herself Whoa. and be like, look, this one's happy. I could just buy her right now. Wait, hold on. Hold on. We say jokes like that to our kid, kind of. Or, you know, you're like, I know, but she's like afraid and she's telling me about it because mm. she's scared. And I'm like telling her, I'm like, hey, just so you know, your parents are saying that because they don't know how to get you to calm down. And it's just a trick. And like, you're not going to be sold. Like, I don't really care. I don't really care for parents. She goes like, oh, Jody says that you're not going to do that because like she doesn't she deserves to know. Of course, she's going to believe her parents like that's. okay. hold on. What is your relationship like with their parents? So they spank me (laughs) once in a while. They will spank me. So the thing is, is like their parents portray this very pleasant demeanor. They're very progressive and they're very like, you know, likable on the outside. And they like always tell me I'm part of family and all this stuff like that. But over the past six years, I've had to just like interact with them minimally. 
Mm. And just, you know, I'll have conversations with the mom about like, oh, you know, your daughter had a hard day today because she was getting upset about blah, blah, blah. She'll interrupt me and say like, oh, there's a hole in your shirt. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so anyway, your child hit somebody like. Do you think it's that she's just, trying to like neg you? Is that how that is feeling? Or she's yeah, just trying to like, not engage with the emotional reality of what you're saying? I think she's just like the type of person to, she's very judgmental. She bonds with her daughter on like gossiping about her classmates mm. and like their families. <laughs> oh and my God. That's I, just like. Can I ask you a question though? And this is a serious question. Was there a hole in your shirt? yeah okay so that's like to not me, the point no it is the point actually and that's <laughs> what the behavior i want to focus on today like the parents seem awesome like awesome people you there's something very inappropriate about showing up with a hole in your shirt to work and it so like in my sleep <laughs> let's focus you know? on i mean here's the thing <laughs> your your job your job is to figure out if the abuse like goes to a place where you feel like you need to say something to someone else because it does feel a little borderline, you know, like, is she at risk of being psychologically abused? Yes. She's being psychologically abused. She's being psychologically abused on some level. Is she being physically abused? Is she being sexually abused? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where'd that come from? I don't know. I mean, that's fucked up. Like those are people who are, uh, perverted in a way yeah like sadistic 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 is i think the right i'm not saying every person like that is a child molester i'm just saying you are so close with her i know and you know you feel like you've raised her and 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 how do you leave her and can you still be friends with her yeah what's the arrangement and and do you have to report like a child psychologist to help her i mean here's the here's the issue i i see because eight years old is old i mean they're like it really you're like, saying that they're the, ready to babysit the abuse is becoming calcified mm-hmm. at this point i don't know that's just like an old age for like to to still have like t- weird weird torture things happening is, i don't understand young is good for that i don't know but i'm just saying it's like she's it's becoming who she is yeah yeah, and yeah she I hear needs that. it's like, i don't know if there's any turning back well well, there is turning back. The, the good news is, you know, a lot of people have psychotic parents and they become amazing people as they grow up. I mean, here, here's the dilemma that I see. Is, is she th- in danger? Well, that's a, a, a dilemma, but it sounds like, to, do you think this is not over the border where you border where you would be just like, oh, I need to just call the, see Child Protective Services? It's like, it's like on the gaslighty kind of like, get mm-hmm. this sucks, but it isn't, it, isn't, it isn't reportable kind of a thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And p- probably by... By design. I mean, is that true? So there has been like moments where I have considered talking to them because like, I mean, I don't know if it's like more a cultural thing for them, but like they do like smack her around. And like, I have had conversations with her mom about it because I get to the point where I'm like, Hey, um, I don't think this is productive. And like, Um, I think that it's like her dad too. It's just like, they both have unresolved trauma that they're not dealing with. And she has gone to see like the counselor at school for these, like, cause she has, she harbors so much anxiety in her day-to-day life naturally. Like that's just a natural result of being in that environment. But so like, she'll come home and be like, Oh mom, did you know that the like, decision-making for right and wrong is in your prefrontal cortex and her mom's like oh yeah you must be missing that part of your brain and like her mom is the one who signed her up to go there and her mom's like undoing all of this stuff like she talks about sending her to a psychiatrist but then 
I don't know. And she posts infographics on Instagram about like, when you're upset with your child, you need to take a pause and like regulate yourself. Before <laughs> but she's doing to, like, that to her daughter. She's not doing it. <laughs> so she knows what it needs to be done, but she just, like, Oh my God. Doesn't think it applies to her. So wait, when you say, cause I feel like I, I feel like I know this is really, uh, awful. I mean, obviously you know that. I mean, this just this sucks. But when you say smack her around, what do you, what does that mean? Smack her across the face. I mean, that to me is over the line where you. I feel like that's reportable. It's al- yeah. It's almost like we're not doing that anymore. I mean, it is. I mean, they they do live in Dallas, so maybe they are. Well, so the thing is, is like I called, I called a hotline that you can call, and it's like. It's kind of like CPS adjacent, I think. Um, another nanny recommended it to me, but it, it's like you can call and explain in a situation and see, like, they can kind of like give you advice about what would happen mm-hmm. and like what lived like the steps going forward of a situation like that. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to like, like hitting your kids in general with like your hands and stuff. Like, usually that's not like enough to warrant you know, a big intervention or anything. You're not really supposed to hit your kids with an object though. I guess like a ruler, like it was kind of like this gray area. And like, I think what would happen is first of all, they have a lot of money. Someone would come and she wouldn't get taken away. They would probably like talk to her and then. But she might never get hit again. Yeah. It might make them like shame them. Yeah. I, um, I just, I get scared that like they might, be upset with her and make like, it worse, make it worse because then, they're not smart. Like they're like, they, they'll like think, Oh, it's her fault. Even though you yeah, did it or yeah. whatever, you know? I, yeah. Okay. Cause so, she, cause they have unresolved issues. She's what? Like the child is very eager to tell like, Oh, like my mom called me a bitch yesterday. Like she'll tell any adult because she's just like wanting to expose her and stuff like that. And so I've been trying to like defend her, in the moment more like vocally but i can only go so far like you know i'm not her mom and i'm not like you know it seems like you could be a a a shoulder for her like are you willing to like tell her mom that you would like to could you like commit to a thursday and a sunday with her just to like try Mm -hmm. to be a positive influence in her life and also monitor the situation i mean she's already her nanny she's there every day No, but she wants to phase out right yeah. I she mean, here's the quit, issue. Here's the issue. But you could still do maybe go part time so you can keep an ear out and protect her. Until so I am part time right now and I have two other families that I work for. And it's kind of like a big puzzle piece how I like manage my days. But I did phase out as she got older. And I have talked to her mom about leaving. And I actually have talked to the child about leaving. And like, I didn't say like, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to quit this job. So, you know, it's just like, as I get older, you know, my life is going to progress and it's not like I'm going to say, you know, have a nice life. Like we can still know each other. Like you're still going to be my right. friend and stuff like that. I mean, but he, I just think here's, like, here's the issue as, as I see it. And this is slightly above our pay grade uh, as we are mostly. Um, and I know this is going to come to as a shock to you, Jody. We're, we're more comedians than we are um, therapists. But, but I think you already know. I mean, I've said this before. Everybody who calls in kind of already knows. Like, you are working for sadists. 
these are not normal people. These are cruel people. Who knows? Maybe it is unresolved trauma. Maybe they are sick people that enjoy being cruel to the person they're supposed to be loving to. Maybe, maybe they just don't think introspectively. I, I, or maybe I, they're doing what what was done to them. Whatever it is, <clears throat> they are sadists. That's what that is. That behavior you're describing is sadistic behavior where you hurt people in order to try to teach them. I don't know what it is. It's obviously inappropriate. And she's got exactly one ally and it's you. And you are being tortured by these sadists too. Not as dramatically as this girl because you have your own life and you're an adult. And you, and you got just, two other jobs. And you can bone out. But you're also like, this is a sick thing that you're dealing with the consequences of where you feel like you can't quit from these fucking psychological torturers because then this girl will be all alone and have no one. And it sucks. And you're in a bad position. And also the the, the, the abuse. And I would, I would guess that the abuse doesn't cross the border into obvious uh, um, intervention from Child Protective Services. I would actually guess it's probably, maybe subconsciously, on purpose. I would guess that they take it right to the line and don't take it over that in order that mm. no consequences will ever come to them because they're enjoying the process on some gross level of torturing their child. Um, but if you must quit, like, I, you cannot... And why wouldn't you? I mean, who wants to be around that? I know. And if you must quit, um, what I would do, this is, and I please, if we have any therapy, actual clinical therapists or social workers out there, weigh in. I, first of all, yes, I would. You, it sounds this like you have. This is a very hard question. It sounds like you have talked to some social workers and they've told you that this person, and this is really shitty because it, it, it hasn't crossed the border into, uh, you know, clear intervention stuff. And also people that have CPS called on them, they're fucked too. Because it's not like it's awesome once CPS gets involved and yanks you from your family. Now you're in the foster care system or some version of it. And that's torture too in a different way. But if I were you, and if I'm wrong, everyone check me. What I would do, and if you are saying, I must go, I must leave. And I can't advise you whether or not it's you shouldn't leave. There's a part of me that wants to say, don't leave that poor girl there to fend for herself. But you're also a person that has to live your own life. And yeah, and do you want to spend three years fighting for custody? Well, she's not going to get custody. I don't know if, if she's <laughs> if the girl got took, taken away. Um, what I would say is you mentioned a school counselor. Uh, I would tell the school counselor. And I would probably, if you're going to quit, I would probably be honest. And then this is so difficult and I don't know if I could do it myself. But I would probably be honest why I was quitting. I would probably say... Uh, you guys, in my opinion, are abusive. And the way that you discipline your child is super inappropriate and it's it's cruel and it's wrong. And they're going to say, fuck you. And they're going to say, don't ever come back here again. And they're going to say, how dare you? We're amazing parents. And you're never going to talk to them again. And they're going to cut that girl out of your life completely. That is what's going to happen. Uh, but I, I think that I, I think that I, well, I don't know. I'm now even second guessing what I'm thinking because is it better to maintain the illusion so that you can maintain contact with that girl on some small level and at least be able to check in on them once in a while? Well, that was going to be my advice. Yeah, what was it? Well, I was going to say, I just think you you should quit, but you should also make yourself extremely available to the girl. Like, So maybe still keep like a day or something and and just like really let her know that you are someone that she can always come to and talk to. And I want you to know that and I want us to have that so you can come to me if you need to and, and I won't judge you and I'll help you. And I'm, you know, like really let her know that you are there for her, not in a 
<clears throat> you know, discreet way that you're trying to hide or secretive clandestine way, you know, from her parents, but just let her know you are, you, you are, you got her. And, and I think that, um, additionally, I like what Moshe said, like maybe, but what if you kind of split the difference and just said to her parents, say, listen, you know, I, I love her so much and I, and you're, I've loved taking care of her. And I just want you to know, like, you know, I, I, I think she's a really great person and it just really hurts me when you guys hit her. I just have to tell you that, but you know, it's, but say, say it in a softer way. Yeah. <clears throat> Instead I'm, of I, Moshe's like, you know, you're sadistic. Cause well, if you start saying you're sadistic, like I, I re I take it back. I think I was wrong. I think, I think it's more valuable that you have an inroad to connection with that girl then because they're not going to hear it it's not going to you're not going to be able to change them by saying it so what is the point i think you being able to stay in contact with that girl is more important than you venting to the parents who will not be able to hear it um i think that what you're describing my opinion what you're describing crosses the line into like if you were a therapist which you are not um you're a nanny with a hole in your shirt okay you're the opposite of a therapist no but if you were a therapist that is where you would mandate as a mandated reporter you would report that i think mm -hmm. smacking across the face that's not spanking in texas that, it's okay though yeah, in well, california you can't do no it. but that's not spanking i be, i was spanked and and there's a lot of question whether spanking is abuse or not but uh and and i tend to think spanking at this point in my life i tend to think it's just wrong but spanking but smacking in the face isn't spanking so what i would do is I would do what Natasha said, the soft version of that so that you can maintain a relationship with that girl. I would tell the school counselor, okay, you don't want to tell CPS because that's like the atomic option. Well, how about um, telling her school counselor, you know, hey, between you and me, I'm her nanny and this is the abuse that I'm witnessing. I want you to know that so that there's someone official that knows this information. So it's not just a nanny, no offense. I mean, you're her biggest ally and you're you're huge in her life. I, I would tell one official person. And finally, I would tell, and I, this was the most controversial part of my, uh, I would give her weed. No, the most controversial part is I would tell that girl explicitly at some point before you go, what you are experiencing is not normal. Parents are not supposed to treat kids like this. I wasn't treated that way. Uh, this isn't right. And I'd like to piggyback on that and say that what you what was really your ally is three very descriptive examples. And also, um, I think the one that really stood out to me is the girl came home excited about some information she learned and her mom immediately used it to abuse her, abused her verbally with it to tell her she was dumb and then physically hitting someone across the face and then whatever you think is, you know, the ruler, but you just, you can't really talk in like abstract terms. You know, you have to have yeah. like solid examples. Well, I have been like documenting <clears throat> things for years. I mean, I have a photo of the Sriracha picture on her bed. I have like, like I have voice recordings of her telling me stories about like what her parents say to her and stuff like that. Just because. Yeah. I think Listen, your, your jury's going to be in Texas. They're going to win. I mean, no, I think the answer here is this is the is the school counselor because it's, yeah. a, it's a difference split between calling the state and doing nothing. It's someone. Will it, will it help? It's unclear. I unfortunately, maybe not. But it's better than just keeping it bottled up. And it probably sounds like it might be better than calling the state. I would call the counselor and stay in touch with that girl. And, and like I said, tell her 
you know, the, what I see, the way your parents treat you, it's not right and it's not normal. Just, just so that she has that information. So that, because when you're in that world, you don't know. You don't know that other parents don't act like that, especially at eight years old. She would be empowered by that information. And if she tells her parents and they fire you, I mean, you've got the power of right on your side and you're already wanting to leave. Yeah. I mean, my mom was an elementary school teacher and she has met my mom. She knows that like, you know, she's asked me when your mom got mad at you, like, did she do this, this? And I was like, no, my mom really never yelled at me. I, I mean, think I, I think I'm suggesting taking it a step further is before you go and stay in. Mm-hmm. I, I think Natasha's right. Like, like be her lifeline because you taking yourself. I, I think I was just wrong to say, confront the parents because i think that will x you out of her life and i think the value of you being in her life is way way higher than the value of you like telling these parents off Mm -hmm. uh i I, but i think that saying explicitly to her so you know this isn't it isn't right what your parents are doing isn't right i think that that is information that would be vital for that girl to know i mean i don't know i would love to be corrected by any social workers or therapists that listen to the podcast if we're giving bad information or bad advice here that is what i would do i would tell the counselor i would i would softly quit and and i would stay in touch with that girl and tell her i'm always here for you and i want you to know that you should you do not deserve to be treated like this you don't like my idea of also telling the mom like you know i say i i i've just witnessed I would even lie. I would say I just witnessed some abuse when I was young, and it really hurts me when when you I'm physically touch her in a really soft way. And if the woman's like, "Don't talk to me like that," you, I'm just scared. I I don't think it's bad advice. And and again, I feel like we're both a little out of our depth here. And it sounds like in a, in a way, Jody, you are too. And and like you're probably more in your depth than we are. But this is unfair to you as a because nan- it's hard enough to. To let I have I have friends who are nannies and when they had to let go of the kid they got really sad because it was such a huge part of their life and there wasn't abuse yeah you know so like you have this you have this double thing so be easy on yourself and 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 take some self care and think about like what do you need maybe you need to not be in their her life that much because it's like too much for you and do all of the things you can do to make sure that you can be of service I mean this is the problem with abusers is that everybody falls into their like black hole gravitational pull of their abuse. Mm-hmm. And now you're in it. You're you're being abused, certainly not as deeply as this girl, but you're being abused too because you, what they're expecting of you is to witness horrifying things, yeah. smile and keep taking mm-hmm. care of their kid. And that too is abuse. And that too is cruel. And it's making you stay maybe longer than you want and you of can't course. move on from your life. Right. It's not your responsibility to have to be this girl's lifeline, but you, there you are. Because somebody is an abuser and they, they, you know, so like I said, yeah, like you're not supposed to be a child um, abuse expert. You're supposed to be like, know how to make oatmeal and play fucking, you know, blues clues. But here you are, you're in, you're in it. I would do that. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. I'm interested to hear if like from other people too, if that's like something that is done or like would be welcomed for a nanny to speak to a counselor about that. Cause I, I thought about that too. And I, I don't know, I don't think it would be too crazy. Like if I transitioned out and as I'm transitioning, sent that as like a heads up, like, Hey, I just want to. Yeah. The thing about abuse is that it often, uh, is progressive. And as that girl, she's now, I mean, think of how cruel they're being to her and she's eight and she was six. (laughs) She's probably a sweetheart. 
Well, she's not going to be a sweetheart in three years. She's going to be a 12-year-old asshole, especially because she's being abused. So she's learning terrible behavior. So the abuse is likely to progress. You know, she moves out of this like angelic child phase. This abuse isn't going to dissipate. It's probably going to become more severe and more dangerous. And this girl is in danger, what you're describing. If they're smacking a six-year-old, then what are they going to do to a 13-year-old? Um, and so... But I, this is how everyone in the 50s was raised. I don't think that that's true. I mean, like, it I don't, was I don't definitely... Think that, I know not everyone, but it was definitely prevalent to, like... But this is different. Beat your kids. To me, this is different. <clears throat> I, I, I think that hitting your kids is probably... Kneeling on rice, that was something I that people that, did. Yeah, yeah. I may, maybe, maybe we're... That's sadistic. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this just seems cruel on a level that doesn't feel like it is constructive. It feels, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what kind of cruelty is constructive, but I'm just, I'm not making a judgment on whether spanking, I'm not discussing whether spanking is right or wrong. What I'm saying is what you're describing doesn't sound like somebody that thinks spanking is right. It sounds like something else. It sounds like somebody that thinks cruelty is yeah. is the way. It's like a power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like she has to... I mean, like children are a defenseless demographic, like the, you can't they can't mm-hmm. defend themselves. And like, so it's terrible. not a fair fight. And she like, I mean, it just goes against she's in like a Montessori school, like it goes against everything that she supposedly believes in. But it's just like, but yeah, she's and getting I think good influence actually, at school and, and a Montessori school is a place you can go talk to, to as well, because when you quit and just say, like, please keep an eye out for, for I, them. Yeah, I think you should wait and mm. see. I mean, don't wait. Uh, my point is. People are going to write in for sure, 100%. They're going to write in. And like, because there's a lot of real therapists that listen to this podcast, they're going to write in with what the actual thing that you should do is. Uh, and I, but I would say it doesn't matter if it's appropriate for you to talk to the counselor. Uh, this person is in danger. So who cares about appropriate? What does it matter? You're going to get fired. You don't want to work there anyway. So I would, I would say, I would say absolutely someone needs to be brought in who knows what to do in these situations. And if it, I think the school counselor is a good medium between the endless honeymoon podcast and the state of Texas. And, you know, take a tip from Gwyneth. When you leave, just tell the mom, I wish you well. Yeah. Be, be like Gwyneth. <laughs> yeah, God, this sucks. Idea. And I'm sorry you're in this situation. And I feel bad for this girl. Uh, uh, this sucks. All right. Well, listen, good luck, honey. Let Please let us know what happened and okay. we'll uh, <clears throat> continue to check well, in. And we'll, what we will do is... Uh, we will forward you anybody that writes in and I, I guarantee some people are going to write in anybody that f- writes in, we'll forward you the emails so you can get a professional's opinion on this free of charge. And then thank you so much. Yeah. Good luck. That is a hard situation and you are an ally to that child. So whether or not you signed up for it, she's very, very lucky to have you in her life. Yeah. Aww, thank you guys. Thanks for talking to me for sure. Bye. Bye. Good Lord. You know why that was so hard? Because she had explored all these angles, like know, everything you, you think of. She's like, well, I already did that. And then I already did that. And then I also, but yeah, you know, that is, uh, that's fucked up. I think that's why the school counselor is the, is the option there. Because it's like, that's a person who has a relation. I mean, you know, when you call the state, we call CPS, it's a stranger that shows up at the house to do like a wellness check. Mm. And most of the time, if it's some rich family they're going to fucking get it all together and the wellness check is going to be fine. And then if not, you know, the state yanks a kid out of the out of the house. It, that is a absolute atomic option. 
And no, I, think- I, I remember once the girl who drove me to school, the, she, she thought something had happened at my house and it hadn't. And mm-hmm. she called CPS. And I think my mom was always kind of annoyed, but I didn't do anything. I don't, or maybe I said something to her, but I was joking. And then my mom she ca- got called. My mom's therapist, my family therapist growing up made my mom call CPS on herself. <laughs> and for like hitting me with a belt or something. She used to hit me with this big belt. Your was, mom used to hit you with a belt? Yeah, it was not what? great. It was not great, but I I mean, also, I just know your mom. I also That's was a, so hard for me to believe. I also was a fucking asshole. I mean, I don't think it was right, but I also think that she didn't know what else to do. Anyway, the point is, I'm in fucking family therapy and our family therapist is like, yeah, we're, we're calling CPS on you. And I just remember being like, mom, don't fucking call. Do not call CPS. I do not want CPS to be involved in our family dynamic. I do not want to be taken away because you made a stupid decision. I would say repeatedly to hit me with this belt. I want my house. I don't want to be what. But anyway, it all ended up working out. This maybe, is, maybe they were getting advice to hit us. I think everybody thought hitting was normal. <laughs> like Donahue. Maybe they were like talking about, you know, well, I don't your kids. I don't think on Donahue they were saying that. I don't but know. I'm, I'm just like, what were our parents watching that made them think it was okay? Like, wasn't Dr. Phil a thing in the 80s? Like, weren't people... He was not a think- thing in the 80s. Well, weren't people thinking introspectively at all? Like, maybe I we think shouldn't people slap think, our kids I around? I think people think, thought, and many people still do think, that that spanking is the most effective way to shock a person into you know, discipline and doing what you're, what you're asked. And I know that when we were thinking about having kids, I was very agnostic about spanking. I knew that the way that my mom did it was over the line, Mm. but I didn't have a strong feeling about whether spanking was right or wrong. But I was like, oh, I guess I won't spank my kid because it seems like people just don't do that anymore. So I'll just... No, you said you said it in a writer's room and everyone gasped or something. Oh yeah. I got into this huge fight. My first, my first job in TV writing on the new normal I was just like, well, I don't think it's that bad, but I probably wouldn't do it. And they got so <laughs> mad at me. Anyway, that's how I felt. I was like, I, I don't think it. I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I guess since it's a cultural acceptance that we don't do it, I won't do it. But now that you have a kid, then I had a kid, or you had a kid. Thank you. You're welcome. And I cannot imagine not spanking her. I spank slapping her, her with your back. Of your I hand. spank her so often. <laughs> slapping no. her face like a, like what? Like your knuckles Wait, against their cheeks? I want to make sure that people know that I was just making a joke. Once I had the kid, I um, I cannot even, I cannot imagine why I would need to strike her in order to get my point across. Like, I can't imagine it. I'm not saying that she listens to me all the time, but I can't imagine that it would be effective or useful to hit, to strike this fucking three foot tall, 45 pound child that lives in my house like on what in what world that you love more than anything (laughs) like like, the back of your hand with your rings on it like in her eye it's just it's just insane it's like completely insane i would never strike anyone so why would i strike is that true you wouldn't get into a fight at a bar oh i guess there's a world in which i would get into a fight my i guess my point is like if you came to me and was like hey i know somebody that's been stealing um you know uh, um rhododendrons from you i don't think my thing would be like okay well let's go beat him up but i'm gonna do that action to the person that i love the most in the world like i think the it's just changed 
like I think it's every changed. single person our age, like almost everyone was hit. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, like I had I like a silver, sure. my mom had this like silver paddle. Yeah. But you probably liked it because it was a, a precious metal. We painted it silver. We thought it was funny. It was like, this is what we get hit with. And well, then we would get hit. That's the other thing about getting against spanked. against the kitchen table. Laura's, Laura's looking at us in shock. This is a true millennial that we have here. She just is like, I can't. Millennials I, are I, the first ones who stopped spanking. I know. She's looking at us like she's like, I've heard this was true, but I didn't. I couldn't imagine that it yes, was. Yes, Laura? Laura. <laughs> You're like, mommy. Well, they can't hear her. Toxic producer Laura says she once requested to get spanked. What had you done wrong? You had, you had done nothing wrong, and you wanted to. She she wanted to know what it felt like, so she asked her parent. And what happened? They spanked you. That is the most. I think the most, like, perhaps the most millennial thing I have ever heard. I want to experience what it's like to be smacked, and the parents saying, "Okay, honey, we'll do it for you. Just this once." I bet you on Leave It to Beaver, they hit the kids. I think everybody he, hit their kids, but my they probably mentioned it. My point is that in the fifties, when quote, everybody hit their kids, there was a difference between spanking your kids. Like toxic producer, Laura's uh, parents did as a favor. Ironically. For her. <laughs> Ironically. And smacking your kid in the face and hitting your kid with a, with an implement there are, there are levels to it. And but spanking with a ruler is what they did in schools. My mom used to fucking smack the shit out of me with that belt. And it was fucking brutal, but you know what, it, what else? Mm. It was brutal and awful. And guess what? I was like, this sucks. It worked. No, I was just like, this sucks. I'll get through it and go do bad shit more. Oh, like, I thought you were going to say it made you zero stop. part of it that felt like, oh, yes, this is corrective. Like zero. I just was like, get through this. And then the other crazy, the other thing that happens is you teach your kid, especially if you have boys, you teach your kid, hey, yeah, we solve our problem with violence. And then they get to be fucking five feet tall and they go, guess what, bitch? You can't spank me anymore. Get the, I'll grab the, I'll grab the belt and throw it away. You know, it's like it, none of it makes sense. I used to have to write sentences on a legal pad. Like now that thousand, makes sense. A thousand sentences, you think? Because I was always like finishing my sentences. Well, I don't get it. It would be me. like, I will not disrespect my mother. That feels fine to me. But then I would write it like for a, an entire legal pad's worth. Having of, I will lived not. with you for 10 years, <laughs> I would love to give you lines. Sentences. They're I will not wake up my husband before 7.45 a.m. If I had to fill a whole legal pad with that, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you should make me write them. I, well, here's the I issue. mean, it was kind of fun. Here's the problem, Natasha. I would make you write them. It would never work because you, if I said to you, hey, I'm going to need you to <laughs> write your sentence. You would say, oh, well, I'm going to need you to go fuck yourself. And like, <laughs> that you'd is probably spank me <laughs> about being an adult. You go, yeah. How about you suck my dick? Um, how I used to do lines. Did you ever do this? I would write a line. Oh, you had to do it too? For school. I would do it for school. Oh, school made you do that. Yeah. And I would write all my eyes. It would be me a too. long line. I go, I, 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 yeah, dude. All right. Abuse. Okay. That's not abuse. Lines is not even close to abuse. It is a abuse. little sadistic though. Like you must write this. Well, punishment. No, I would, I would make our kid do that. Punishment is not sadistic. The thing that was a problem with this call was that these things that they were describing as punishment for God, what I don't know, the lying about messing your fucking outfit up when you were three literally normal childhood behavior but even let's pretend 
that those things actually deserved some sort of consequence. At three, I mean, the consequence is like so minuscule. That's what's so sadistic about this. Is it three, four, five years old? Like today, our child, she does this fucking thing where when she's, she like every like 10th time she's cuddling with me, she like nibbles on my skin and like bites me. And we've been telling her since she was a little kid, fucking stop do, doing that, you know? And it makes me so, it hurts. She bites her face? No, like, she like will like gnaw on my arm. Right. You know what I'm ta- like, talking about? They, it's like they go into the annoying zone. Yeah. And I st- I grabbed her and I stopped her and said, you just bit me. And she starts crying. That so sucks. if you just bit me makes her cry, like, how fucking difficult is it to discipline a five-year-old? I mean, I'll she'll be gnashing her teeth and wailing if I put if I say you're taking a a, a thirty second timeout in your room. Sounds like she needs a spanking. Mm, maybe she needs some sriracha. No, but I I do think that maybe this I I don't know. Maybe there was something to it. No, what spanking? I don't. Maybe? I get no. I don't know. No, I, I get, would never hit my child. No, so spanking I, makes sense. It just doesn't work. Okay. Like. I think like if you think about it and you go, no, oh. I would never, I could not do no, it. But if you think about it, I, I, it's not like baffling. Why do people think spanking would work? It makes sense. If you spank your kid, they will stop the behavior. They will instantly have a consequence for what they've done. The problem is that it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't work. It doesn't stop the behavior from happening again. And second of all, you're using violence to teach your child how to act right and wrong. Right. That is a flawed proposition, but it's not a logicless proposition. Um, proposition a three-year-old saying i didn't really mess my my dress up and then you put hot sauce in their mouth or (laughs) hit them with the ruler that doesn't even make sense that is in the zone of like of torture and it's also maybe it sounds like the parents might have shared uh histories of abuse so maybe they're together it just sounds a nightmare. This person is living in a nightmare. And that nightmare, I believe strongly in my gut what I told Jody or pal Jody, that the nightmare is going to get worse and as, that, what, yeah. as that girl gets older. And if you're listening, I would also add, I would maybe quit, say the thing and let the girl, hopefully the girl has a cell phone or some way of contacting you. So you can just like keep that open. And also when you talk to the mom, say, I want to keep the channels open. I'm here to, you know, babysit her on a very non-committal basis. Yeah. And then you can like do your other jobs, live your life. That's what you've got to do. Maybe throw in a little thing about the abuse, but maybe not if you're going to tattle on the school maybe counselor. Maybe just save counselor. it for there and do a Gwyneth Paltrow when you're with the family. And say, I, wish I wish you well. Wish you well. And if- then make it yourself available to the girl and then live your life because you you have to get away from the abuse. If you are an LCSW or a licensed therapist, please help. Listen, this isn't why we started this podcast. We just wanted to make fun of people who can't get laid. Okay. We let's cleanse our palate, Natasha. Uh, hopefully we get some experts writing in and telling us what to do. Uh, let's listen to some secrets. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Have you gotten your mother a Mother's Day gift yet? Uh, I have not. Can I recommend MomGrass by DadGrass? <laughs> DadGrass is a company you all know well. It's the illegal smokable hemp that uh, gets you a little bit chilled and not too stoned. But they've also got these cool MomGrass joints, which are like the perfect pick-me-up to spark creative flow 
Or you can just get the original Dadgrass joints to quiet your mind after 9 to 5. They're 100% organic, pre-rolled joints that are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of cannabis while not thinking that AI is going to come and kill you because you don't know how to talk to it. That's right. It will take away the fear of paranoia. The paranoia of paranoia. By the way, if you don't smoke, you can also get their tinctures or their gummies. It's all the mellow goodness with no smoke required. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to dadgrass.com honeymoon. That's dadgrass.com honeymoon for 20% off your first order. Dadgrass.com honeymoon. Hey, Honeymooners. Um, oh, wait. Oh, my God. No, that's us. Um, <laughs> most fantastic. So, kind of like one of my secrets is that's that us. I really love going on OnlyFinder um, and typing in the location of, like, the state slash city that I'm in, which I'm not going to say, and looking up some days. So, like, looking up, like, guys in my area who are on OnlyFans and especially, like, guys that, like, I, like, know, like, my um, – trainer at the gym and like following him on like OnlyFans and not telling them though, you know? So like I will go to the gym and work out with my trainer and then the same day I'll like go back home and I'll see like my trainer just like getting completely naked on OnlyFans and just like just fingering myself silly. Um <laughs> thank you so much guys. Bye. Fingering himself silly. <laughs> I did I didn't know about this. I knew about OnlyFans. I didn't know about OnlyFinder. Can you d- explain the difference? I don't know. I've never. It sounds like it's a way to find people who have OnlyFans accounts in your area, mm. so you can track down people that you know that are on OnlyFans. And I guess I don't know if this is a part of the app or if this is just something this guy's doing. And then you have to, I think, finger yourself silly. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. I could, that's actually kind of hot to go do. A, a respectful, non-sexual workout with your trainer and then go home and jerk off to his naked pictures. I'm kind of, uh, this sounds kind of, I might be looking this up. Sounds hot. All right, let's hear another one. Hi, Natasha and Rose. I um, have never told anyone this and it's not revenge-based or anything like that. But when I was around 17 years old, I went on a run at night because I live in a, quiet suburban neighborhood and I'm a psycho and um I was on my run and then something jumped out at me and I peed my pants and I was about a mile and a half away from my home so I had to jog back in my peed pants and I came home to my dad and his buddies playing bridge and I had to tell them that I slipped in a puddle when they all knew that I had peed my pants um. Oh my God, it hurts! <laughs> it hurts to say out loud. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. That was therapeutic for her. It hurt to hear. I mean, that was that is. What jumped out at her like an animal? Something, she, and she went wee wee in her uh, joggers, <laughs> and then came home, and her dad and his friends are playing bridge. I mean, that is the most <laughs> mortifying story I've ever heard. <laughs> that is so awful. Her dad knows about it. Yeah, I get, and her dad's bridge club as well. <laughs> they also know. Good Lord. I'm God bless you. And you know what? That kind of humiliation does make you into a better person. Experiencing it, knowing that it won't kill you. So thank you for sharing that with us. All right, let's hear another. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. I'm 
such a huge fan. I can't believe I'm calling in. Mm. Um, okay, so my secret is <laughs> I have drained my, or I guess borrowed, not drained. I have borrowed against my 401k twice to pay off a stupid fucking credit card that my husband and I used together. Um, we probably went on a couple too many nicer vacations in the last few years. We have two little kids. I don't think we live beyond our means, but I don't know. She's expensive. We have two daughters and I don't know, YOLO, but uh, he does not know. Um, I've been able to keep um, my shit in check, but only because twice I paid it off in full and he doesn't know because it's mine, but we use it. So that's my secret. Bye. Imagine calling your investment banker at Merrill Lynch and saying the word YOLO. Do you think, how do you think they'd be able to go, uh, that's not exactly the here, I, I philosophy think here. This reminds me of the thing you told me uh, about, you said oxygen. Yeah. They need to give oxygen to this money situation. Oh, 100%. Also, they need, I have another word. What? Scissors. They need to cut that particular credit card in half. It's not like their money will disappear. Right. They'll but, still have credit and money. Just that, there's something about that card that they use for their like things they can't afford. Just cut the card. Yeah, but she's making it this like clandestine thing totally. where she's like taking from one amount of money. But ultimately, if you guys had more oxygen talking about it, you might be able to make a better decision financially together. So you're not like borrowing from the wrong thing. Like that's why, you know, just like getting advice from someone about what's the best. If we're going to sometimes take a vacation and yes, let's maybe cut it in half or in a quarter but like let's, let's just, talk about it let's talk about it let's be realistic about it i think you need to breathe some oxygen into yeah. that area of your life i believe it was warren buffett that first said <laughs> when it comes to long-term life planning and retirement never say the word yolo <laughs> all right natasha yes uh shall we do another call oh yeah i heard we have uh, emily in toronto ah uh, emily hey tosh yeah mosh you know there are a few things that unite our family our love for Judaism, our love for podcasting, and our love for Helix mattresses. I mean, even our kid has one. Every single member of our family sleeps on Helix, and we sleep like babies. And excitingly, our show is now able to offer 20% off for you guys to have the best mattress that you've ever had. Just take the quiz, get these mattresses. Ours has this cooling top. I love it. We haven't had any issues. I I don't sweat anymore. I had back problems. I got a Helix mattress. I don't have back problems. Our kid also sleeps on this really cool Helix mattress that we got specially for kids. It's got a firmer side for ages three to seven to give kids the spinal support they need as they grow. And then when they turn eight, you flip that bad boy over and it's a more comforting, softer feel. It's got antimicrobial shields, hypoallergenic covers. It's water and stain resistant. And our kid, most importantly, sleeps on it every night and she loves it. And we love ours. And once you're matched with your perfect mattress using the Helix Sleep Quiz, your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge, and it's even in kind of a small box. And you get to undo it, and then it grows. And it's, yeah. And if for some weird reason you don't like your Helix mattress, and we know you will, they've got a risk-free trial period where you can sleep on it, make your decision, and then send it back if you don't like it. But that's not going to happen. Get this mattress today. You spend eight hours of a night of your life 
in bed, why not be comfortable? Helix is offering 20% off all mattresses, including the Helix Kids mattress and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash honeymoon. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Hello? Emily. Wow, it's our first masked caller. Is this for anonymity or for COVID or is it a combo? Uh, combo, combo. Nice. The this only is problem cool. is it makes your audio sound kind of bad. No, but I like it. It's kind of mysterious. It's like you look a little bit like, do you know who Cobra Commander was from G.I. <laughs> Joe? Uh, yeah. You kind of have a Cobra <laughs> Commander energy right now. It's kind of cool. Okay. Uh, well, you look cool. How can we help you? She's like, how do I murder a person? I mean, you seem so mysterious to us right now. You're, By the way, you're outdoor masked, which is always a confusing situation. Is she outdoors? Are you outdoors? No, 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 no. I'm indoors. I just like had to put another light on because Laura was like, Laura, Laura fucking is absolutely like she sucks so hard. And we've told her never <laughs> to tell our guests to do that. And she just does it. You know, she cares about the way things look, whatever. You should have just said I'm in a mask anyway. By the way, you could have gone full on Halloween. That would have been kind of fun. It would have been a vibe. I was going to do sunglasses too, but oh. it was way too much. Let's like, see this. this. Is crazy. Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't dude. know why anyone is on camera on this <laughs> I know, show. I don't get it either. <laughs> I've never understood why people... I'm, I'm shocked that you're the first person to be wearing a mask. <laughs> We're living in the ultimate era of masks where masks have become socially appropriate. And why don't pe- more people do this? I you're, know. It's pretty cool. Let's start. You're brilliant. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, that's going to happen. Fuck. Yeah. Actually, it sucks that you're doing this. Yeah, you're right, Natasha. It sucks that she's doing this because it's going to tell others to do it as well. Not just on our show. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in general. In oh, if you're an A-list movie star. Get a, get a beautiful golden like goldenrod, like a dark yellow silk mm, mask. Beautiful. Wear it that covers up all your face with a hat. No one will really know yes, who you are. Like a Dua, Dua Lipa yeah. kind of energy. And, and also if you're outside, people don't really want to talk to people who still wear masks outside because you kind of think maybe they're like a little off. Or, or, or something. maybe they have active COVID. Or they have COVID. So no one will talk to you. Yeah. So. If I was an A-list movie yeah, star. If you're wearing a sheer thing over your entire face, yeah. no one will want to talk to you. If, if I was an A-list movie star and I'm close, I would be ma- I would be double masking just so that I could no, walk around. No, but what I'm suggesting the lightweight silk thing is like you can still breathe through it really yeah. easily because it's not really a threat to have to you know you don't really need to have a mask on outside, but you could have like a really comfortable like mm. chic mask uh, that covers up a lot of your face. If you're just tuning in now, you're <laughs> on the podcast Mask Talk, and we're here with Emily. Okay, uh, Emily, what's up? Okay, so um, I emailed Laura about the fact. Uh, so I'm an escort. Um, why the mask though why are you wearing a mask that's the part i'm not understanding why she's no, an just escort. no i know it. that was the joke i was making no i know but she I'm, wants anonymity it makes so much sense i'm making sure that people can um hear it because oh yeah, yeah she's yeah. muffled oh that's true she's wearing a mask okay so you're an escort yes yes uh and i wanted to possibly leave the industry for a client of mine because i've fallen head over heels for him he loves Whoa. me too i just like don't know if it's like necessarily the right idea like he wants me to leave i also want to leave but then there's also like the security issue there mm. you know what i mean you financial security you're talking about yeah exactly I it's have... not like he wouldn't take care of me it's just like if we did have a blow up and break up like i it... don't know if i can still call work for the same company if he's proven anything it's that he's comfortable taking care of you financially did... no i mean he has he has established that pretty clearly did you meet him through the escort? Yeah. Hmm. Well, wow, this is like every man's fantasy. It's like, 
I'm going to hire an escort and I'm going to be so hot and so sweet that she's just going to catch feelings and she's going to want to run away with me. Um, I don't, I think this is incredibly simple, um, which is when I moved to LA, I was terrified about moving to LA and mm-hmm. I, cause I love the Bay area and I was just so scared. I was like, Oh my God. And then this girl, I remember this girl G said to me one day, she goes, you know, you can always move back. And it like unlocked this thing in my brain where I was just like, I'm panicking about a situation that is so imminently fixable. I mean, if you're an escort and you get into a year long relationship and it eventually doesn't work out, you are already, you're an escort. So you can just call an escort service and say, I'm back, baby. (laughs) The the one that I work for is the best top tier one in the city. Like nobody makes more than we do. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of the time when girls leave, at least with my boss, they have rejected girls who have left on the back. They're like, Oh, you're not trustworthy. And it's like, I know that I have such a cushy spot at this particular company. What is it? The mafia? What's your out? You're out? <laughs> blood no, no. In, blood you're, out? you're great at what you do. You're obviously gorgeous. I mean, not obviously. If you didn't have that fucking mask on, we might tell. be. No, I Look know. I nails. know. It's obvious. It's obvious. Okay. So here's the thing. He also is someone who calls escort services. And I feel <laughs> like that is a very specific type of person. And. I just think you need to also know that that is happening and that is something that happens bef- you know, before you, should- you quit your whole situation for this guy. But also, I mean, it's like, do you want to take a break or do you secretly like it? Um, I think that I'm really good at it. There's like ups and downs to it. Obviously, you get like... Like fucking like, a I would gross say- guy is probably a downer. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I would say 70 to 80% of the clients are really great and you have a good time. But then there's that small percentage where mm. it's just like you hate your life and you want to just die. So like, <laughs> I mean, that's like every job. Yeah, really. it, it is. I was just going to say, <laughs> oh, you mean like a job? <laughs> it is like every job. Yeah. I mean, look, Emily, the, if you're really in love with this guy and he's really in love with you, why do you think that you shouldn't have to take any risk in order to see if this thing can work. I mean, this is an unusual love story. I would say this is a, this is a meet cute that perhaps you will not share when you guys are exchanging wedding vows. But um, <laughs> no. But all love is about r- taking risks and see. You know, I mean, in a more traditional uh, love story, you're still saying, if I commit to this person, am I risking the possibility of the you know the comfortable reality that i'm used to falling apart and not being there for me if this relationship doesn't work out this this doesn't this feels unusual in its circumstances but pretty typical in its themes if that makes sense like go ahead and i think you need to have a frank and open conversation with him because it sounds like this is the thing that you can make the most money of that you're actually good at Mm. and like is is there something else that you think you could be as good at and make even half as much or whatever? And if that's not true at this moment, you might need to have a conversation with him and right. say, listen, I'm willing to step down from this, but this is what I'm thinking. This is my passion. I'm going to start taking lessons. I don't know, whatever right. you're going back to school or I'm interested in this, but it's going to take a while. And you can, if it's an artistic thing that you think that you're interested in or a direction, you know, discuss it with him and let him know and say, I might need you to 
I, you know, maybe maybe he can pay for all the rent or whatever. I think that's really smart. You do food until I, you figure it out. I think that's really smart. Like saying to him in a really open way, because you have this unusual love story, saying to him, like, look, I'm a well-paid professional, you know, mm-hmm. and what you are, because I'm, I love you now, what, you're, what, what you are going to get is a person who is in some ways financially dependent on you, at least for a while, until I get my shit going. And I'll probably never make as much money as I was making at the escort service. So understand what you're getting. Is that love worth it to you? And then for and you- And I don't want to feel guilty- Right. You know, not working when I don't want to get a menial job right now. Yep. Yep. You know, in order to pay for my stuff. So I think you just have to be realistic. And the more big stuff you can get him to agree to pay, <laughs> then the more you can keep all the money you make for yourself and your pursuits. So but just I, like, at least for right now. But I, but- have a, I have a caveat to what you're saying. I think Natasha's right. I think that conversation is super important. But I think for you, it'll be really important for you to 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 not think of him in any way. And this might be a challenge because he started as a client as a client, like he's transitioning to a partner, even if it doesn't work. The experiment is, can I turn this, can I turn this um, partner into uh, this client into a partner? So any transactional feeling will feel like client zone. So I would say having that conversation, but in a loving way and saying, you know, saying that out loud, you know, you were my client, but then I'm now I'm in love with you. So now you're transitioning. You're this different kind of person. But the complicated thing is I do have these financial weirdnesses that are going to occur if I quit working in the job I'm in. And you don't have to use the word weird. Yeah. So you don't. But anyway, I think also this whole notion that you're not going to get into the premier A plus creme de la creme um, escort agency in the area that you live in. It's just like, well, I mean, okay, then you'll either have to work independently or for a different agency or go into a different job or something. Love is risk. Love takes courage. If it's really love, then you, then you, then you take a leap and see what's there. Is that, what do you think of that? I agree. Um, Part of the reason also I couldn't go back to the agency is you're not supposed to get clients phone numbers. Right. And obviously I have his phone number and I've seen him outside of the agency. But you're already past that. You're in love. Like, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to quit anyway. And do they need to know? No, but if somebody was to walk by on the street and see us. So uh, quit and then you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's, it's just like you, you, I, I get, I think I understand it. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think I understand that what you're, you have been in one mind frame for the entire time you've been escorting, which is, you know, I'm this person. This is who I am. I live in this world. And now you're like, I'm going to go into this other world, which is like this much more normie world where I'm like, I'm, I'm just in this different, more like square, regular person world. But you, you and I don't want to risk this, I, this identity that I have over here, but it's like, okay, maybe that will be the consequence. Maybe, maybe the consequence will be that you burn that bridge you know, maybe that'll be the consequence. Or maybe they'll have you back. Or maybe they'll have you back. Or just, you can't preserve. Or maybe you'll get a better job. The point is, you can't preserve. That would be ideal. Yeah. The point is, you can't preserve every single widget of security that this life has given you Mm. if you are moving into a different life. You just can't do that. You can't. There's no way to fully have your cake and eat it too. You can't. That's good, Mush. But you can, you can hedge your bets you can not say i'm quitting to go run away with this client you can say i'm quitting i'll see you later and hope that if 
in some way because like what i'm hearing if i take out the kind of exoticness of what you're talking about is a person it's kind of a classic person who's like let's say you're just you know like me i was um i was very uh promiscuous when i was dating you know and there was a part of me that was like if i commit to natasha you know, what if I was saying the same thing? Okay, I want to commit to Natasha because I'm in love with her, but I, what I would like to do is not tell the girls that I have like booty call situations with that I'm in a committed relationship in case Natasha and I don't work out. I don't want them to um, have moved on or think that I, I want to make sure that I can go back and fuck them if I need to. You would say very obviously, well, you can't really do that. You got to kind of decide, like jump into one pool or the other. As, as they said at the Seder last night, a quote from Joan Didion, uh, everything worth living has a cost. Ooh, I like that. So you have to think about that. I tried to teach it to my daughter this morning and she really didn't care. She was like, hey guys. She she didn't want to. <laughs> I was trying to get her to put, she was putting jam on her matzah and she was like, ugh, this is so boring. I can't do the whole matzah because it was such a big piece of matzah and she like gave up just spreading jam on her matzah and I tried to tell her everything worth living has a cost and she just kept crying. <laughs> it was very sad. Isn't she like four? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but you know, I'm telling her. I'm telling you. I mean, I, is, I don't know. I've talked about this book before. Start him young. This book, The Road Less Traveled. But one of the main things that this guy M. Scott Peck says in this book is that love always requires courage. That is that is endemic to what real love is. Is that it requires acts of courage, and that is what is being asked of you. Now you don't have to make the decision to do it, but what's being asked of you is to, if you, if this really is love, is to <clears throat> take an act of courage and walk into a new life and see if that is the life that you want. I do love him so much. It's so hard, but yeah, you you are right. It's just such a big, difficult decision, you know. It's hard. It's hard walking away from an old, especially an old life that is uh, so lucrative. I would imagine, especially if you're at the Hoyt, the, the top shelf escort agency in the entire area. Like <laughs> that's hard. That is a hard decision to walk away. It, you know what they? You know, I'm sure you've heard this phrase before. <clears throat> but you have the golden handcuffs on, right? You know that mm-hmm. phrase. I haven't heard it, but or, I kind of understand the concept. Yeah, it's like these golden handcuffs that they, it has you because it's it, it provides you with this unbelievably lavish and beautiful life, but it's still keeping you locked into that life. So you've got to break the, the golden handcuffs and see if you like this new life better than you like the old one. And you already have a bunch of reasons to quit because legally you're not even supposed to be doing that. So you're just going to put your job on the line. It's not going to be good for your relationship. He wants you to quit. So you just have to take a sabbatical. Maybe that's how you phrase it. I'm taking a sabbatical. Say, I need to take a sabbatical. Take it for like a year. but You don't need to tell don't him. No, say no, 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 no time. <laughs> no, don't say, 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 listen, I have some creative pursuits I'm thinking of, some or business pursuits, whatever your leaning is. Make it as vague as possible. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a sabbatical. People understand you're like fucking dudes for money. You know, it's like that. that's like taxing. Like, hello, I need a break from that yeah. for a minute. It, love, if it's love. It does not require, and you should not be making an insurance plan for when it doesn't work out. That is not, that is not, I think. And my maybe opinion. that energy could go to something else. Like that takes a lot of energy to like be hanging out with a guy and eating dinner with him and telling him how, listening to his dumb stories and men who hire, hire um, escorts, they also like want to like, blab and like feel like they're in control the entire time. And like that takes so much so much of your female energy to like 
I'm assuming if, if I was an escort, I'd have to like listen to so many stories where I would have told the guy he needs to shut up. I mean, that is actually. Oh my God, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> Literally, there are certain clients who be like, babe, come here, look at this view. You know what I thought from this? <laughs> I mean, that like, is why Natasha and I became stand up comedians. So we would never have to listen to anyone else talk. We could just get up and be like, <laughs> you guys listen. Wait, what did he do to win you? How did he win you? All the all the fellas listening want to know, what did he do? Uh, he was just like really sweet. He actually, um, he didn't sleep with me. He would call me almost every day, but he didn't sleep with me uh, for like the first month. We would just hang out and go to restaurants and get to know each other. And then um, eventually we ended up doing some stuff together, but we were like really, really slow and really caring and just really getting to. Oh really my God. Talk. He totally, he's so rich. He used an escort service as his Tinder. I know <laughs> I, I was getting madder and madder. It's like only he's an, like, uh, I'll pick her out. I'll yeah. pick out the hottest chick and then I'll just like woo her. How fucking rich do you have to be to be like, yeah, I'm going to see this escort five times before things get serious. <laughs> you have to have so much money. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was paying like five grand to ten grand a day. Whoa, like, man! You like, listen. That's why I'm telling you, you have to get an arrangement so it seems like he's just gonna forget he's paying for everything. That's my advice. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even notice at all. No. I, I think, yeah, I think that now that you told the actual quote, this is gonna be these golden handcuffs are more like um, golden. Um, level three top tier black site prison. I mean, this is, that's a lot of money to walk away from. I can understand how difficult Wait, if you're scary. making 5 million a night, I'm going to start five, doing 5,000. Oh, 5,000 a night. No, I'm not going to do it. What? Oh, you start doing Well, on your only fans, if you start the only fans, then you could make upwards of $2,500 a quarter. I would probably kill a man in after like a three, three of them. Oh, I can't, I cannot imagine you. Would Babe, make- look at the view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but to be fair, of the five grand a night, I get sixty percent of that. So that does part of it does go back to the agency, right? Oh, so you're living in squalor then. You're only making thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> a night. I didn't realize. No, I mean, look, this is going to be a challenge for you for sure because you're in a you are in a high octane position. Let it go financially, but you're taking a risk, and you're taking a risk for if this person really is worth it. And I'm taking you at your, at your word that he is. You're taking a risk, and that's what love is. Love is taking a risk and not making an insurance plan. All right. Well, speaking of taking a risk, we have to go check on our kid because um, we've been risking her life with um, her grandparents watching her for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I hear a lot upstairs. Um, good luck. Will you check in with us and tell us how it goes? We'd be curious to keep up with Absolutely. you. All right. You're Thank awesome. Thank you very much for the advice. You guys have a good one. You're awesome. Okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. See you. Take care. Bye. Uh, N- Natasha, I believe in my bones, in my marrow that I could have made an escort fall in love with me in my, in my deepest bones. Moshe, bone. you won't even pay $3 to valet at a Mexican restaurant. That is true. I wouldn't have paid for the escort, but I could have, I think I could have won their heart. There is no way you're hiring an escort. If you would like to be on our podcast, send us an email, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail. By the way, get tickets right now to our show at the Polaris Hall. Uh, it will be a lot of fun. Friend of the pod, old old uh, Nicholas Thune will be joining us and that's on June the 29th is that right Laura June 29th in Portland and don't forget to get my audiobook the world deserves my children and listen to it while you're doing the dishes you can also leave a secret on our secrets hotline 213-222-8608 as a reminder we do not do uh, secret dumps 
on Fridays any longer. But if you want more secrets in your life, you can join our Patreon because we have a special Patreon-only episode, Fat Full of Secrets, that we will be putting out only to the Patreons. Patreon slash Endless Honeymoon. Also, our Patreon, strong and growing, and we're having another dinner party very soon. Ooh, that and dinner party was fun. We are. I, I already have an idea for the next one. Oh, neat. Cool. That would be fun. Okay. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Oh, we have these brand new black Endless Honeymoon podcast mugs. They clink for cheers really well and you can get them right now if you want to go to endlesshoneymoonpod.com slash shop we've got mugs we've got really cool silky robes if you're on youtube right now watching this just hold up the can't because that's what i do I, I listen to the podcast podcast on youtube but then sometimes i'll look at a visual so it's a fun way to like get through things but look if you're looking at this i just bought 30 of these they're so <sighs> cute i want because i want this to be our family china so when our kid grows up and she's having her coffee and mom, we're dead. She's mom. like, these are her dishes because this is so cute. Can we get plates, Laura? Hey, guys. You may know that my parents <laughs> were podcasters when they were alive, guys. <laughs> like and subscribe to my page. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Peace out. I'm going to go attempt to make it through the 800-degree California summer. While I recycle lead to try to feed myself. Oh my God. All right. Well, listen, I love you, Mosh. I love you too.